Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Social Asia, Costa Mexicana podcast, and the host of the Social Asia YouTube channel. Of course, back with another podcast. This is going to be another like Rico's uh, ruminations. Just thinking about a couple of things that happened, and just I've been interviewed a few times in in the last couple of months, and I think a big part of it is just because obviously our YouTube channel is slightly bigger. The podcast is is always growing. These days, I think at least once or twice a week, we'll either get an inquiry for somebody to come on to the show, which is most of the time we get um, those like requests for somebody to be interviewed on the show, or we'll get a request for like a cross promotion or, hey, I want to, you know, interview you in, you know, podcast form or magazine form. You kind of write in your answers to the questions like I did for this guy, Callum Connects. I did a magazine. Yeah, so the magazine is called Asian Entrepreneur. We'll link it up in the show notes. And then the podcast that he is launching is called Kalem Connects. So I did those recently. And then there's another one that I'm, I I just did called Market Watch. There's just been quite a few. It's made put me in a reflective state. And I, was, I had this idea. I was like, it's interesting how there have been a lot of moments in my life where I, I chose one of two forks in a road. One, one of, yeah, one of two paths in a road. And uh, almost immediately afterwards, or very soon afterwards, something happens which just tells me like I made the right decision. So I'm going to touch on those those situations and in, in investing in certain things that have, have led to success down the line, whether it's in my personal life or in the business. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. It's kind of like woo-woo. I don't necessarily believe in like fate or <laughs> things like that. But I do I do believe in, I guess, karma uh, in some aspects. But also just sometimes I think you make decisions and you can feel something, uh, maybe certain things that are happening around you or have happened to other people. And, and it sort of leads you to a certain decision. Just like on a really small level, like yesterday, well, not yesterday, but over the weekend, right? Uh, it was Friday we were still in ECQ, so ECQ was like the lower version of the community quarantine. Uh, no, GCQ, we were in GCQ, so a general community quarantine, e- ECQ's enhanced community quarantine. Now we're in, we went from ECQ to GCQ, now we're in MECQ, modified enhanced community quarantine, which is sort of like not as strict as the enhanced, but basically is the enhanced. I don't want to talk about it, like but it is what it is like there was a spike in cases especially towards the end of july and and um the the government felt it was necessary to to go back into a stricter lockdown so another random thing that happens even when i was moving into the condo that i moved into here in bgc is like we moved in march 15th our landlord had messaged us like a few days or a week before saying hey do you mind if you move in on the 18th or the 19th because we're still getting the the condo ready for you guys and at first I was I was okay with it, but then I went back to drawing board and I looked at how much money I was gonna spend on Airbnbs for four days, for an additional four days, and I was like I could save two hundred dollars and use that money towards getting stuff for the apartment, or you know what I mean, like I can spend an extra two hundred dollars for no reason. I'd already been in the Philippines for a month at that stage, so 
I just messaged her and I, I told her, it was like, hey, you know, like, I would prefer to move in on the 15th just because of these reasons. It's, you know, I'd save 200 bucks. And she said, uh, okay, let me get back to you tomorrow. The next day she confirmed that we could move in on the 15th, which was also fucking clutch because the next day after the 15th when we moved in and the 15th something told us, like, let's just go buy beddings and shit like that from the basic stuff that we needed in the house, like bed sheets and pillows. The next day, the lockdown happened in the Philippines, and we would not have been able to buy duvets or pillows, or <laughs> you know what I mean. So, like, it's just moments like that. It's just funny, like how life works sometimes, where you you make certain decisions, and you know, it just seems like perfect timing. So that being said, you know, things were kind of going back to normal. Uh, I was luckily something just clicked in my brain when in the last month or so, I was just like, I just need to really go out and make sure that we buy all the missing furniture for our place. Like the last three weeks to four weeks, I've literally been outside of my apartment three, four days out of the week, half of the day going to furniture stores, electronic stores, stuff like that. Literally on Saturday, which was the day before they announced that we're going to go back into to ECQ, I ordered my something again. Something told me that day. I was like, oh, maybe I should go next week. I remember thinking that on Saturday. I was like, I don't really need to place the order for the dining table now. And I was like, fuck it. No, I just I said, oh, let me just go. And I went and I bought the dining table. I bought my um, my side tables for my living room. And then, I mean, for my bedroom. And then, you know, cut to a couple, like the next day or 24 hours later. Hey, there's going to be a fucking enhanced community quarantine again. And that means that the malls will be shut down and like all that stuff. So the stuff that I was going to order, I probably wouldn't have been able to order it if I didn't go on Saturday. So it's just one of those. But besides that, so things things have been going back to normal, right? On Friday, I got, there's, there's a place called Skinny Mike's. You know, it's a restaurant slash bar, but I mean, really, it's a bar. And, you know, the, the curfew was 10 p.m. before. Um, so 10 p.m. is like last call. I mean, the restaurants don't necessarily have to close at 10 p.m. exactly. But, you know, like the last order for alcohol is, is usually 10 p.m. So, you know, Skitty Mike's was doing a thing where they stayed open <laughs> past 10, 10 p.m. It was like kind of like a speakeasy type vibe. So it was like kind of secretive, like you, if you showed up after 9.30, like the door is closed and locked and the lights are off. If you look up, it doesn't look like anything's happening inside the bar. You know, it was very much a secret. And then you'd have to call somebody to come open the door. Like it was a whole thing. And then if the, the police came, then, you know, they'd have everybody social distance and turn off the music and put your masks on. So on Friday, I, got, I was at home and I, first, I just kind of felt like I wanted to stay in and focus on some other stuff because I wanted to, you know, catch up on sleep. And then Saturday, I uh, had some plans. So I didn't really feel like going out and I got invited out and I just, I said no. And something just, I was like, I don't want to go to Skinny Mike's today for some reason. And lo and behold, it got raided by the, <laughs> by the police at one o'clock in the morning. Like luckily nothing happened to the patrons because they... You know, obviously the Skinny Mike staff heard the police coming, so they had everybody social distance, and uh, I think they took away the drinks and they put the masks on. I mean, the the place got fucking raided. Like, uh, what are the chances? Like, it's just that decision where it's like I could have been there. I could have. I literally was like, I thought about it, and I was like, Nah, I just not today. I don't feel like it. And then and that happens. So it just that's on a very small scale. But if we're talking about and that just happens to me a lot. Like those kind of situations happen to me a lot. So now if I'm talking about moments that are bigger, I would say 
investing into my staff and investing into my employees if on a business on the business side of things whenever i started the business whenever in 2015 i always was like i want to get to a stage with the business where i don't physically have to be in china all the time and i want to travel more and i want to experience life i mean i was 22 when the business started so i wasn't looking to just you know i, I started a company for freedom and lifestyle and also just because I enjoy the game of business. But I always, my my end goal was always to have the freedom to do what I want to do and travel and things like that. So after a while, I would say after like a year or two years, you start thinking like, okay, so now we're making a little bit more money. I've got employees and, you know, things are going in the right direction. How does this even happen? Like with the systems, okay, cool. You create standard operating procedures and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you're not physically in the office and if you're not physically in country, who becomes the point person when you're in a different time zone and things like that? Who becomes that the, the decision maker and who's pushing at least the operations of, of the business in the right direction? And that's the question I started to ask myself. And I was like, well, do I want to you know, promote internally or do, I, do we have to hire, you know, do we have to bring in a foreigner for that role? And then it's like, if you're bringing in a foreigner for that role, like how does that work? You have to import somebody from another country. You're importing somebody from another country that comes with a whole other host of responsibilities and issues. Trying to find somebody in China is also another, you know, very difficult thing to accomplish. So, you know, eventually I got to a stage where I just decided to put more faith in 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 one of my senior employees, senior in the sense that she, the, she's the longest serving employee, um, and that was about two years ago when I decided I made that decision, two or three years ago, and and you know promoted her to to senior project manager, which basically meant she is managing, she was managing, well she is still, but she was managing the uh, the junior project managers or the or the general project managers who whom were or we called them. R&D specialists who were some, a lot of them were older than her at, at the time. So that was, that was an interesting situation. And then from there, I just said, okay, let's try, let's try to have her become, you know, the CEO of the company. And then the concerns around there were, you know, the cultural differences, right? Like um, having somebody who's a Westerner already has the same sort of mentality and, 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 overall understanding of what i'm trying to accomplish with the business so i mean while you know our, our ceo our senior project manager i imagine is brilliant at project management the business side of things is not something that she's spent that much time focused on she spent a lot of a lot more time focused on actual project management so that was the thing i had to shift was how do i teach this person to become a better business person a better manager of people and not just a, uh, a person who runs projects really effectively. So, you know, I kind of put some some steps in place for that, which was certain courses that I wanted her to take, books that, you know, I had her read. And then just generally having a more conscious thought process in terms of giving her more responsibility and more decision-making power and then having her be involved in. So rather than, you know, for example, with uh, when we do our quarterly meetings or or annual meetings rather than me just being the only person to give a presentation and talk about the structure and where we should be taking the business i have her now giving her project management presentation and her, her 
saying what direction she thinks the company should go from a project management standpoint um which i think is really important because then she's then she's thinking more in the managerial side of things and and sort of overall strategic planning which is what you want when somebody takes over and when i actually proposed to her that i wanted to put her on track to become ceo of the company and then give her some points in the business that was a huge moment because before that the conversation between me and her had always been that eventually she wanted to start her own business but if she's essentially got some ownership in the company and can run the company the way she wants to run the company at least from an operation standpoint it took away any incentive of her leaving you know and that was a huge moment because i think she was sort of on the brink of making that decision of like how much longer am i going to stay in this company is going to be 6 months is going to be another year and when when i put her in track to be ceo that was 2 years ago and, and she told me because i asked her i was like okay so how long do you i mean the whole ceo thing and the points thing is is dependent on how long she's in the company right it's performance based and her equities i forget what it's called it's vested equity so she understood that and you know she said i was like well so do you see yourself just like you know staying for 2 years or and then you know vesting all your equity and then leaving or what's what's your overall plan going to be and she basically said well like i feel like if i have this level of control over the business and then if there's progression in terms of how much money i earn and and the earning power through the points in the business and various other bonuses that we have set up for performance based bonuses and it's like what's the point of moving you know unless the company is stagnant and and she's not learning anything and she's not progressing there's just no point of of moving to uh, starting her own shop right so that was a big moment that was a big decision and that came from just again like investing into employees and and you know making that difficult to say if you have a talented person in the company not everybody's going to be able to do everything obviously but you know where the areas where you might feel like that person is lacking you can either help them improve those areas or you can set up systems where they don't have to necessarily deal with those errors. So one big thing with with her is while she's really effective with the project management stuff, there is still a little bit of a cultural barrier when it comes to her communicating with clients. And a lot of clients are super understanding. They know that she's great and she knows she knows what she's doing. And especially the ones that have maybe even traveled to China before, but there are certain clients who there will be times where something happens in the project and they feel like the communication wasn't as clear just from a cultural side of things and that's where we have our our customer success manager uh Vincent who usually is the initial point of contact when people contact the company he will usually clarify everything and step in and so that's where you that's something that I also recognized a while ago is like I'm probably going to need cuz I used to be that person I used to be the one to like take what Imagine is trying to say or trying to communicate to the client and have it more clear to the client in a, in a more of a western way of 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 communicating. So I mean that's just like those are things that you just have to figure out for your specific use cases like what are the areas that you feel like this person is lacking and how do I help them? And then I mean of course there's going to be certain situations where you just realize that that person isn't going to be able to improve or it's going to be too difficult to get additional help or implement additional systems to to make up for for the those areas where the the person is is lacking. 
yeah, so that was a very important decision. So the next sort of decision or investment I made, I think, was circa... Well, I mean, I guess this would have been from the beginning of the company, but the the, the hardline decision to leave China was last year in January when I was in the Philippines for a month during Chinese New Year. I, I basically was like, okay, yeah, I need, I need to to make some moves and, and, and figure it out. And I gave myself a year because on one hand, I wanted to have sort of the best of both worlds. I wanted to keep my apartment in China and then um, be able to you know go back and forth. And in order to do that, I wanted to renovate my apartment in China and sort of give myself enough time and even just to be able to save up the, the, the capital where it's like if I still need to pay for two apartments, it wouldn't be like such a hassle and then the other aspect was okay when i have those kind of major life decisions you have to weigh up like the pros and cons so one of the one of the cons was obviously that i was going to be out of the office more and you know i have noticed productivity levels when my staff are not in office or when i'm not in office productivity levels drop in the past when i traveled or if i had you know some sort of business thing that i had to do for an extended period of time. So there was definitely a concern there. And then there was also the aspect of like, how do you run a business that has been so much based around me being there every day? How do you just kind of replicate that and continue to, you know, keep the staff motivated, but also just implementing systems around remote work? And there's just unknown unknowns as well that you can't predict until you're actually in the process of doing it. So what I did was like I said, okay, I'm going to start just to travel more. I'm just going to spend less time at the office and see what happens. And um, the biggest situation was in the summer last year when I, I came to the Philippines for basically two to three months concurrently. Like So it wasn't like I had been to the Philippines, even before that, I, I came to the Philippines for like two weeks, uh, two weeks there, a week and a half here. But yeah, in the summer, I came for three, th- two to three months in a row. And it was great. It re-solidified my feeling of, of coming to, to live here. And also uh, deepened some of my friendships with, with, the, with the guys here. And, um, and then I also kind of just, I lived in Mandaluyong and I lived in... BGC like half of the time I went to the islands it was just a great experience overall doing Muay Thai for two months in a row like I fell in love with kickboxing which was one of the things that I wanted to do last year it was on my list of goals so yeah there was just like it was a really really good time really productive loved it but one of the things I noticed was that me being outside of the office and me not being in China you know my staff stopped going to the office like or at least they weren't going to the office as frequently as they used to and it's not that they weren't working because they were still getting their shit done. And the only reason why I noticed that they weren't in the office as much is because I would have situations where I needed a document printed or I would have something sent to the office. And, you know, there was just like nobody there to receive it. Uh, or I did, like the reception would receive it, but like there was nobody in our actual office space, the one of our staff that would be able to take that document and do whatever it is that I needed. So yeah, I was like, it was a little bit like my initial reaction was was anger, you know, and and wanting to punish and you know because we have fines around not attending work and stuff. But then I started, I really sat on it and I thought about it and I was like, well, they're still working. It's not that the work is still getting done. 
the only issue is what happens with samples and what happens with documents that we need to have uh, that get sent to our office space and you know things like that. How do you how do you fix that? How do you work around that? And then the second part was, you know, at the end of the day, like if I'm the boss and I'm the one saying, hey, I'm going to travel around the world and I'm expecting you guys to still be in the office from nine to five, like it's kind of kind of fucked up, man. It's kind of not fair, you know. And and in this in this day and age with you know a young team that i've always talked about wanting my team to feel like they're partners of the business i'm in a small company and 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 wanting them to feel like they have say uh, say so over the decisions and well i'm the boss yes but like we are overall uh, a partnership in, in the family i was in the business i would i would say fall short of saying family it's only fair that they're able to do at least some of the things that I'm able to do and experience some of the freedom around remote work. So I just kind of came to a conclusion that I was going to implement remote systems just so that it's fair and just leaning into what was already happening in the, in, in the company. So I set up a, you know, when I got back to China, I think it was like October, you know, I sat down with Imogen and then, you know, we discussed the stuff that I'm talking about right now. And then we just really wrote down you know what happens if this so like somebody has to go to the office at least a couple times a week to receive samples and to receive documents and things like that certain urgent situations we would just divert the the package to you know um, another location that's more convenient for the, the whichever employee whether we're sending it to their apartment or whatever and then also we just set up rules around how much time somebody can travel you know we're not like it's not a situation where we're saying, hey, you know, you can just travel for like three weeks at a time to random countries. There needs to be some, you know, you have to let us know in advance before you go, especially for the, the employees that are based in China. And a lot of their work is revolving around, you know, they're having to be in China because we have to plan out factory inspections and QC and things like that. So that was super important to kind of have written out and, and make it clear and then we you know we sent it out to the entire company and everybody signed off on it and it's been relatively smooth since I mean obviously I still t- had to test out certain things like because now we have staff that are in you know four different time zones how does that work so we had to readjust from doing our morning meetings to you know doing the meeting late afternoon on a Monday we had to adjust maybe the reporting system that we do things like that like we've had to tweak the the behavior but you know some of the positives is that a lot of the systems that i developed got stressed and some of them uh, you know ended up leaning into those systems more like the, the the way we use slack it's like become one of those things where because we can't just pick up a, a phone and call somebody you know and because we're not just in the office where you can just turn and, and speak to somebody slack has become we've always used it but it's just become way more of what i wanted it to be which is that forget about and especially because we're not in we're not most of us are not not most of us but a lot of us are not in china one of the biggest problems i found before is that a lot of communication was happening during uh, through wechat and the problem with wechat is that it's difficult to sort of track conversations and documents and things like that like the the chat history is not it's not really designed for that. It's more of an instant messenger, whereas Slack is an instant messenger, but 
can also function as a, on a, a small scale as a storage space and a mini project manager type thing. So it's just more effective. And then there's just less noise because the only things we talk about in Slack is business and it's around source for Asia's business. Whereas with WeChat, you know, there's multiple group chats and personal stuff. And, you know, it's never, it's not 100% like productive in there. So yeah, I mean, so that was great because obviously cut to, you know, January, February of this year, you know, we're trying to go back to normal work and everything shut down, right? So offices were shut down and all that stuff. So my staff couldn't even go back to the office. And all these other companies were trying to figure out how to do remote work systems. And we'd already we'd already spent about five to six months doing that. And we'd not perfected it, but we'd gotten to a stage where it was very normal for my staff to transition from the idea that they have to go to the office once or twice a week to just working from home. It wasn't like a huge you know, psychological shift or, you know, drama around it with that, whereas when I spoke to other people that had to implement the work systems and I saw some of my friends going through the process of, you know, working for uh, larger companies that had been so much focused around people working in the office to now working remotely and the companies having to basically create a, create a whole standard operating procedure around remote work systems. So, yeah, that's just another one of those situations where it's not that I could predict the future or anything like that, but I knew that the direction of work and business and is always going to go towards more freedom and remote systems and transparency and less of a hierarchy in the company. So that's why instead of me having a hissy fit and punishing everybody for not being in the office and making it more difficult for people to you know not go to the office like i could have we could have implemented the fingerprint scanner thing that people have to clock in clock out and you know that's gonna if they don't hit a certain amount of hours per week whatever like then they don't get paid or they get fined or you know like that's just not my personality and it's not the personality that i want the company to have i think I, I want my staff to feel like we trust them and feel like they make their own decisions and they're in control to a certain extent of their destinies within the business uh, i got really lucky with that that we we started doing that at that time and then also at the same time i was already making inroads to moving to the philippines so when everything went down and i was outside of china and I couldn't go back to China. And I didn't know when I was going to be able to go back to China. I came here and I already stayed all over the city. I had a very good idea of where I wanted to live. I already had a realtor looking into places for me by the time I arrived. My friends were already here. Like it was every, everything was just kind of like set up. It was a very smooth transition for me moving, you know, here. Like it was just like, okay, like I I'd already spent five months out of the last year here going back and forth and learning more about the the city and 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 what my life would be like here so again just the timing of it was was kind of perfect because i mean forget about covid but just like the anti-foreigner sentiment in china got exasperated or um you know got put on steroids with this whole covid19 situation so yeah that was a another timely decision that i made that proved to work out really great for us hey what's up guys thanks for listening to this episode of the main cheddar podcast if you want to reach out to us that's podcast at sourcefinasia.com if you want to check out the show notes from the episode that you just watched that's sourcefinasia.com slash made in china and be sure to also check out our youtube channel sourcefinasia 
all one word. Cheers. Bitchin' me blindin' with the tears on the window You could see by the looks of it, I got the feeling I told them bitches I'm something they should believe in I told my mama they can't reach me at the ceiling Baby, this is just the beginning, it's preseason I know that you can tell I got it though Gotta go get it, that's the reflex I know you can tell the winners by how we fly